Hey guys, Kale here. So, are you sinking into the new normal without even realizing it? I want to talk about that for a second today, but before we do, I do want to mention to you guys that I've got a new song out. Um, wasn't planning on it, but a couple weeks ago, I was working on, uh, I was just practicing worship music for Sunday Bible study, and just started tinkering, and... Uh, as inspiration goes, sometimes it's just there, and I wrote a little song, and so uh, recorded it, and it's out today. Um, now, if you're listening to this after 8 a.m. on Wednesday, March, uh, May 17th, then it's already out um, for sure here on this YouTube channel, Kale Horvath Media. You can find it, or um, certainly throughout the rest of the day, it'll be live on Spotify, Apple Music, um, iTunes, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to your music, but definitely for free right here on this uh, YouTube channel. And the song is called To Live, You Gotta Die. And uh, certainly a biblical truth, nothing incredibly deep, but in juxtaposition to the apparent serious subject matter of the title, it's actually not an incredibly uh, seriously toned song. It's actually got more of a spring, summer, uh, sunny driving vibe to it. Um, sounds weird, but I think you'll understand it. So if you want to go check it out, I've got all my music that I put out here on this YouTube channel for free. Also on Spotify, you can just search Kale Horvath on Spotify and find my artist page and you can listen to any music I put out if you're into that kind of thing. So go ahead and uh, make sure you check it out. But back to the matter at hand. So the new normal. I've been thinking about this recently and kind of connecting a few uh, trains of thought. Um, you'll see where I'm going with this, I think, in a minute. When we were thick in it, in the heat of it in 2020 during the COVID pandemic, everything melted down where I were, it should say erupted in March of 2020, right? And, uh, you know, it was crazy throughout the rest of that year. Um, and in well into 2021 and even into 2022. But there was this phrase that was being thrown around in 2020 and in 2021 by people from both sides of the aisle in good connotation, bad connotation, what have you. Um, the new normal. This is a new normal. And, you know, that you can take that any way you want to take it and you can take it as deep as you want to take it. But for sure, a lot of people in our group, um, Christians who would believe in the inspired word of God, that, that prophecy is true and that the, uh, that there's coming a premillennial, uh, and, and pre-trib rapture of the church. And you start looking at the spirit of antichrist, uh, that, that, that already works and, um, leading to that eventual rapture of the church that leads into the tribulation period that would lead into the second advent of Christ and then into the millennium. All of those end times prophecies that you find in Daniel and, uh, and certainly Revelation. Um, certainly, COVID in 2020 made us all you know, start to think about and that, those kind of things. And, and I think in, in many ways, although we originally thought this was awful for the church. It was good for the church in at least a practical sense of urgency. Um, as someone who's getting ready to head to the mission field that year and was on deputation, which means fundraising, uh, to move my family overseas, it was uh, 
very surreal thing to be going through, but it gave us this sense of urgency that we, we can't sit around. We have to go. We have to get going. For all we know, this could be it. The Lord could be coming back any day now, and this whole thing could be setting up. And so it gave myself, and I feel like a lot of Christians that I know, and even Christians that I, I don't know, I, there, there just seemed to be this sense of urgency that, man, we got to get back to doing what we were doing. Maybe Laodicea really has just started getting comfortable, and we need to get back to telling people the gospel before it's too late. And I think that was a good thing. Um, and and often uh, God uses persecution um, to prod his people to do what they're supposed to be doing. Old Testament with Israel, of course, New Testament with the church. Um, God can use that to actually, you know, light a fire under us that, that perhaps went out. And, uh, and so th- that was a good thing. But this, this, this new normal thing was something that really uh, triggered a lot of us Christians because, you know, there were people, um, and not even just Christians, though, just, you know, lots of media pundits, people on the right side a lot of times, um, you know, getting triggered by this new normal sense, very Orwellian and, and had this dystopic connotation of like, this is the new normal, this authoritarian state uh, where the government is looking at you and telling you what to do and introducing these, you know, uh, digital passports and all of that stuff, which, listen, I'm not saying they didn't try to do that because I, I could tell you some stories uh, being overseas for sure, um, not in this forum, but um, not to digress too much from this topic, was that there was a real sense of, man, they're, they're trying to make this craziness, this emergency, this, this uh, unprecedented, um, not unprecedented as in a national or in a worldwide pandemic that, you know, that happened with the Spanish flu in the early 1900s, but unprecedented in a worldwide pandemic during the technological information age to where the entire world could see what was happening everywhere at the same time live on the internet unprecedented it was wild and it was crazy and it was scary and certainly people there was propaganda being used on both sides um, to scare people and and to use fear to manipulate and to control people of course but this new normal phrase that was thrown around was really scaring people because hey this no we're not going to let this be the new normal sitting in our house and ordering food and uh, and not seeing people and not touching people and not going to church and all the, all of those bad things that like I, I would think that the consensus, regardless of your political affiliation, was that this is bad uh, for humans in general, for, for our minds, for our just our wealth, health and, and well-being. Um, this new normal thing scared people because like, no, this this can't be the new normal. Don't start talking about that. And so there was pushback on that for a while. But then, you know, that that that. Although it entered the zeitgeist very quickly, it seems like that phrase kind of slowly went away and we stopped talking about it. And it was like, okay, okay, things are going back to the old normal, it seems. Um, at least in, in America in, in 2022 and 2023, it seemed like most things were fairly back to normal. And even over here in the country that we live in, Europe, um, things have for the most part went back to what appears to be very similar to the old normal but i fear that us christians who felt a rekindled sense of urgency in our evangelistic duties and in our in our responsibilities to the lord and to the great commission perhaps we have fallen back into whatever our mindset was before the covid emergency lit that fire of urgency under us 
And unfortunately, though, things will never go back to pre-2020. They just won't. Um, things are different now. At the very least, Jesus is one day and one year closer to coming back. And that's just how it is. Every day that passes and every year that passes is one day and one year closer to the Lord's return. And there are many things that we saw during this national or this worldwide pandemic that, that still reveal some stuff to us about how possibly the end times can now be set up things that like in the nineties and two thousands, although it was very much on people's minds with the Y2K um, we still weren't sure how, how is this going to happen? How, you know, all of this stuff. And now it's like, oh, okay. I see. It almost seems as though we've had a dry run, right? As to how the enemy could potentially pull off some of these mass delusions and, and whatnot. And, you know, marks and, and, and things and the preventing of selling and buying and, and all of that. Um, but, but what I want us to realize is that like, this is the, there is a new normal, and if we're not careful, I fear, and let me just speak for myself so that I don't sound accusatory, it's easy for me to fall back into what I think is the norm before, that, that normal that we so long for for the last two or three years during this COVID insanity all over the world. Um, <laughs> over here in, in Hungary and, and I think other European countries, pandemic, the word is pandemia, pandemia. And it sounds it, I like that word better because it sounds it, it sounds like a fiasco is happening. It's not just a pandemic. It's pandemia. It's like, ah, there's there's something crazy happening. And that's what was happening. And 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 so we long for the nostalgia of going back to the world before that. But that world isn't here anymore. One, because the Lord is closer to coming back. But two, because there's been advances in so many different things that it really does seem that we're rapidly approaching Christ's return. And so when we. When I, I don't want us to lose the urgency. I don't want myself to lose the urgency that we gained from having our perspectives widened by what happened in 2020 and 2021. Um, and then whenever the Lord didn't come back, it's like very easy for us to fall back into like, oh, OK, well, let's get back to it, you know, um, get back to normal life. I guess God isn't coming back. False alarm, everybody. But he is. He is coming back. And soon, and we can't forget that, we can't fall into a this new normal that we were so scared of falling into. And even though the new normal doesn't look like the new normal that, that was being broadcast by fear mongers um, a couple years ago, it, it is a new normal. And, and as Christians, we can't let ourselves fall into this complacency of, of just falling, it, losing the urgency and the desire to share with our friends and our family and the lost world around us and all over the world that, that, that Christ is coming back soon and they need to be saved if, if they want to spend eternity in heaven with him. And so, man, I, I've, I, I, I have been listening to different podcasts occasionally. I, I always listen to podcasts, but there's, you, you hear different people talk about AI 
artificial intelligence. And you can really get yourself scared if you go down the rabbit hole too much on that into this dystopic sci-fi future. And so I don't recommend doing that, but there is, you know, these heavy realities of what is happening in technology and the, the rapid progression of technology in the world of artificial intelligence. And and I really think something I've been chewing on for the last couple of years here is that, you know, the internet in general, not just artificial intelligence, the internet in general in the last, you know, three or four decades, which really isn't a lot of time, um, really seems to have set the beginning or the building of a new Tower of Babel. Um, you know, it, we, we studied Genesis 11 in our Bible study several weeks ago, and you, you look at the similarities of what was happening back then whenever you know, only a couple hundred years after the flood of Noah and God's told men to spread out and repopulate the earth. And then everyone um, in a couple of years, a couple of generations, not everyone, but most of the people just, a lot of them just stopped in, in one place. They're like, let's build a city and let's build a tower and let's make our name great so that we're not cast upon the earth. Let's, let's not do what God said and let's exalt ourselves instead and let's build a tower so that we could potentially ascend beyond our own humanness and ascend beyond the potential coming if the Lord judges again because they he just judged 200 years ago with a worldwide flood so let's build a tower that that we could save ourselves and and we don't need God and so God said nope you're not going to do that and he busted up their tower and he spread them across the earth like he told them to do and he confounded their language and now a couple thousand years later where are we at oh the world's populations are mostly condensed into large cities very proud um, there's a language that would be considered one of the first world languages since Latin. English is spoken by, I don't have the stats in front of me, I, I had this written down um, for our Bible study because I was looking into it, but a, a ridiculous percentage of the world can, maybe not fluently, but can at least communicate in English. It's wild to have um, a language that's this close to a, a world language. Um and then on top of that, through the internet and through AI, uh, we can, I mean, on my phone, I can Google translate anything and they're getting closer and closer into having just instant translation through, through the internet and, and apps and AI. Um, and, and, and I, the reason why that matters, not only to me as a missionary, because I'm always focusing on learning this, the language that I'm in, but, and, and, and I, and you it's easy to think of the pros of like, oh man, if I could just have a little thing in my ear that would just translate and translate me, that would be awesome. But but there's something very key and pivotal to one language um, because when man is unified around something that's not God or God's word, it's very bad. It's evil. It's sinful. It's wicked. That's what we saw in Genesis 11. It's what you see throughout the, all of scripture. And so language is something very important. Why did God confound the language? So that man couldn't unify on something that's evil and wicked that isn't God. And so it took several thousand years, but it seems like the world has slowly come back together, um, especially through the internet. I mean, obviously you have plane travel and whatnot. We can get anywhere in the world in a matter of a day or two. Um, but not only that, through 2020, we saw more and more use of Zoom so that we can talk to each other from anywhere in the world, um, which which again is is a very good thing. But when you take all of these things and you lump them together and you see what the internet is building, and what AI is trying to build and, and some of the crazy things about, you know, trying to datafy memories and, and, and your mind and really try – what they're trying to do is create a new virtual digital Tower of Babel. How can man make a name for himself and build a tower that ascends beyond God 
and can outlast the judgment of God? And how can man live eternally without God? How can man live forever without the authority of God and his word? And if they can figure out how to make man live forever digitally, um, and certainly that's what people are trying to do. Not everybody, but people are trying to do that. Um, certainly it's a new Babel, don't you think? And it wasn't long after Babel was beginning that God said, nope, that's enough, and judgment happened. So how much longer do we have before the Lord says, nope, that's enough, and he comes back? And, you know, the, the rapture of the church happens prior and then a, tribu a short tribulation period, but then the second coming of the Lord where he comes down and puts his foot down and judges all of his enemies in one wild war that does not last very long. Um, I think we're getting really close to that point again. And so to tie all of these random thoughts of mine together, what I'm trying to do is just say, don't get suck, don't get sunk into a new normal without realizing it. Don't, don't sit back and forget about the urgency that we learned or that a lot of us, uh, had rekindled during the COVID period. Keep that urgency. Don't fall into just being a complacent Laodicean Christian. Um, and I'm and I'm speaking to myself here for sure. And you know this is something the Lord's showing me, and so maybe it, it's helpful to you as well. But we got to keep after it. God's given us a job, and until the last buzzer sounds, and until the trumpet sounds, and the Lord comes back to get us, there's still time. And as long as we're still breathing, there's time, and there's still people out there. Um, Man, I'm really rambling on here, but I keep thinking of other stuff. I really love war movies. Um, I'm a dad, so I think I have to, but I've always loved war movies, and there's a good war movie called Hacksaw Ridge. I think it was directed by Mel Gibson. It's got Andrew Garfield in it. It's about a guy who was some sort of a Christian. I don't know the denomination. You know, It's based on a true story of a, of a guy who's a, a pacifist, um, but he, he wanted to join the army to, to help um, to help his, uh, his brothers in the war. And uh, they, he refused to to have a gun. That the, the whole story is about how when he he joined the army to help people, he didn't want to kill anybody. And when he refused to carry a gun, he just got bullied and picked, legitimately beat up by his own men. And then towards the end of the movie, they're trying to take this ridge, and um, it's they're losing the battle. Him and all of these people are up on top of this ridge, and and they're losing. And so they they call in, you know airstrike support from the Navy, I believe. So they're going to just wipe out this, this place with, uh, support, but they got to get their guys off the ridge. And there's a bunch of, um, there's a bunch of wounded people up there. And so the main character, he's like, we got to get them down. But everybody's like, no, we got to retreat because our own guys are going to light this place up here. Um, however many hours. And so he stays up there on his own and, and he just, decides I'm going to rescue as many people as I can before it's too late. And so he, he finds a guy, he goes over, a guy can't walk, throws him over his back, takes him to the ridge, lowers him down on a rope. Um, and the guys below are like, oh, there must be somebody up there still. They thought everybody was gone. So they're lowering a guy down. And so he goes back and he's, you know, he's dodging bullets because the enemy's still up there too. And um, he's dodging bullets and he's, and he's like, just one more. And he, here, here's the whole point of this story is that, he knows he's on limited time, but he's, he's like, God, he, he's, he starts praying. He's like, God, just give me one more, just one more. And then he goes and he looks and he finds another guy. Can't walk. He gra drags him, throws him over his back, whatever, gets him to the ropes, ties him up, lowers him down. And then is he done? No. What's his prayer? Lord, give me just one more. 
And, and I love that. Uh, and so, you know, the historical story is that he ended up saving, I think, like 200 people. If you can fact check me on that. But a lot of people on his own, single-handedly, one by one, lowered them down before um, they lit up the ridge um, with missiles. And, uh, and, he, and he was a hero. But I, what I t- love about that story is the urgency. I have a limited amount of time. I could save myself. I could retreat to somewhere safe. And because I know I'm going to be saved, but he's like, Lord, give me one more. And then when he gets one more, he doesn't stop and be like, okay, thanks God. His instant reaction is like, okay, Lord, give me one more. Give me enough energy and enough willpower and enough strength to get one more saved before it's too late. And then he does. And then he's like, okay, Lord, give me one more. And, and man, that, I want that to be the prayer of my heart is like, Lord, this is what I have. To, to offer to you. I'm not anything special, but I'm here and I want to be used by you. And if you would just give me one more, one more seeking soul that I could share the gospel with and that I could lead to you and they could be saved before it's too late, before the bombs fall, before the trumpet sounds and you come back, give me one more. And then when you get that one more and you disciple them, <clears throat> it doesn't stop there. Like, Lord, give me one more. And you keep that. And we just keep that urgency until Christ, <clears throat> excuse me, until Christ comes back. That's the prayer for my life and for my heart, and I pray that it could be encouraging to you as well. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to check out my new song, To Live You Gotta Die, uh, everywhere you get your music and here on this YouTube channel if you're interested. And uh, catch you back here on Wednesday in the future, same time, same place, on Ministry and Missions Unfiltered. Until then, see ya.